0: This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything about assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show.
1: Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Hello, isn't that Steve's line?
2: Banter, banter.
1: Oh my gosh, (laughs) you guys scared me! What the hell? I thought I I unplugged my mic or something. I just that was that was good. Very funny. Very funny. It's not even April Fools.
2: That's right. Um, Get anything on April Fools.
1: Hey, did you guys get? Oh man, yeah, that's true. We didn't. Um, no, and the other reason why that freaked me out because I have been this week has just been nothing but technical snafus with me because between Rogers, the whole Rogers and Friday yeah. Network going down.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that was fun.
1: Oh, that was terrible. It was a, yeah, that was awful. Uh, anyways, where are we? Uh, hey, my name is Roman. You guys, okay, wait. Joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry.
2: That's me again
1: uh, Yeah, and Mr. Steve Barkley
2: Not to be mistaken for Ryan Flurry.
1: And, uh, yeah Yeah, here we are again Hello hello. <laughs> you guys stop
3: doing that? What the, f- <laughs> the
1: hell's your problem? <laughs> oh my Oh my gosh, I haven't seen Ryan as giggly for a while What's going on? That's excellent. <laughs>
2: He's got I'm his good. giggle juice. It's no, amazing what <laughs>
1: happens when you have oxygen feeding your brain. I guess. Yeah, clearly. Um uh, what's uh what's what's shaking with you boys? What's been going on?
2: Oh not a lot here. Just uh, you know, trying to stick close to home listen to uh dr bonnie henry's recommendations about not crossing uh what health uh, uh what do we call them health region yeah. lines yeah but uh you know it's uh, it's tough uh, we we are considered an essential uh, an essential service so you know we're we're allowed to go out and do stuff but all the same you know we gotta we gotta cut back we gotta we gotta stop these numbers Jeez, these are getting it's scary numbers. crazy with this p variant it's nuts
1: yeah it is it is a little bit scary and it's just scary that people aren't really seem to be taking it very seriously it's a bummer yep yep but i mean i don't even know what my health region is
2: you are fraser health
1: which so is that that's pretty much all of like the general vancouver area
2: basically all of the gvrd except for uh vancouver and the north shore Oh, I see. Okay, so it's everything:
4: Surrey, Chilliwack, Co, Co Coquitlam, Burnaby, Poco. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can go anywhere
2: east. You can go anywhere south, but you can't go to Vancouver proper. You can't go to the North Shore. You can't go up to Squamish, Whistler, Vancouver Island. Right. So weird. Because you're a filthy animal. That's right.
1: (laughs) You know? Did you guys have you guys registered for your vaccines? Oh yeah, a long time ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've had my first
4: one. What? Yeah, Steve yeah, got his. I could have got mine too, but I passed. Whoa!
2: What? Yeah, whoa, whoa, I... whoa! 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 Really? Yeah, I had mine. Good Friday. I we we Ryan and I qualify because of working with assistive technology. One, we're considered an essential service, but we're also considered an essential visitor to uh, old folks' homes. So we we qualify for the uh, for the vaccine. Man,
1: I tell you. I, you know i leave the company and now all of a sudden now you guys are essential workers you guys get all kind of perks we get like all i ever got when i was there is like one of those like subway cards where you can like stick every 10th sub was like a free sub i think he's was slagging it? you steve
2: i think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure but well, then that's he quits, exciting. so you know screw him oh yeah well, whatever <laughs>
1: way to ruin the podcast (laughs) (laughs) no but uh but no but that's exciting so but Ryan, so but you turned it down right how come
4: uh because linda and i are waiting for our age group because at at the time steve was getting his i thought we were going to be getting the astrazeneca Uh or he was going to be getting that one it turned out he didn't get that when he got the pfizer so Mm -hmm. i could have went but linda and i are waiting for the pfizer
1: i see yeah i wanted the microchip (laughs) <laughs> yeah me too I wanted that's so cool I would love a microchip
4: so pretty soon I
1: see yeah yeah I haven't uh, I haven't heard anything back at all um
4: you should have gotten an email right after you registered that you've got a registration code now so when they do call yes. or email you you did get that's that right okay yeah,
1: yeah yeah I've got all that so yeah so now so it's just, just a matter wait. of waiting yeah so I yeah I feel bad for you know the, the Fido and the Rogers networks went down and I feel bad for the people who maybe like sort of got screwed over with their appointments because of that. Because it oh, mean was out for a day and a half. So, I mean, I don't know if the system was trying to text them or phone them for their appointments uh, and they just wouldn't have gotten through.
2: Well, think, think about all the uh, Uber drivers. Oof, yeah. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't, uh, I I, I talked to a guy, he delivered some stuff to me uh, that day and uh, uh, he, you know, he's a a delivery service and he's got no contact with dispatch. His wife can't call him on the phone. He's basically incommunicado in his truck, just like it was back in the eighties. You know, it's, it was, (laughs) it was crazy.
4: There were a lot of of concerns too about people, you know, not being able to get through the 911 as well. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I've never I've never seen a network outage for that long uh, in that widespread like this was this was across Canada. This yeah. wasn't localized. Uh, and Rogers and Fido, those are major networks. So yeah, who knows how many millions of people were affected by this for like a good day and a half. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I, I'm really curious to know, I didn't have any either of you guys heard of actually what the problem ended up being
4: there was a software what? update.
1: Oh my God! Are you serious? Really? According,
4: according to a Google News article, I didn't That's read the so- article, but it was a software update. Wow! Sounds like Rogers is going to credit some pe- credit people for the outage. I guess I didn't I didn't Rage. read how much or what, but yeah.
1: Yikes! That's- Crazy craziness. Okay. Well, in any case, we are here. Everybody, don't worry. Some of us are vaccinated and safe. Some some are exercising. Some mm-hmm. aren't, so uh, my my days are probably numbered because I've got neither. So <laughs> welcome, welcome, to, welcome to the Ryan Flurry Show and the Steve Barkley Show.
4: Well, wow, you're not optimistic today, <laughs> apparently
2: not, because no.
1: I'm not exercising at five a.m. Apparently. Well, you don't have to get no, up at 5. Nobody's
2: exercising at 5 a.m. <laughs> what I mean, kind of yeah. animal would exercise at 5 a.m.? That's
4: right. I'm mean, usually up at 6, but if I'm no up six, at 5.30, sorry. I get up and exercise.
3: All right.
1: Fair <laughs> enough. We'll get that update later. Uh, <laughs> what What are we doing today, though, Ryan? Because I'm excited about today's show.
4: Today, we are talking about a topic that seems to be making some noise in the blind, low vision community regarding audio description and more and more companies seeming to lean towards using text to speech voices over human narrated audio description. So we have Valerie, who is an audio describer, and Melissa, who works for Descriptive Video Works joining us to discuss
1: this. Yeah, this will be interesting. I'm really interesting to hear their takes on this because it, it is a little bit of a, a hot topic right now. Uh, apparently, um, you know, this the whole debate on whether or not we want synthetic voice and to have more content or better better quality content but less of it so uh yeah it'll be interesting to hear their take on it and and just just kind of get an idea of what what is actually going on with these and what some of the pros and cons of Mm -hmm. using synthetic voice is over over that human component so
2: And just to provide some better perspective on this uh, for the rest of this podcast, I will be voiced by an accent essay synthesizer. (laughs) Accent ready. (laughs) Um,
4: But if you have a chance, just anybody interested in this, bring up the new Microsoft Edge. And I think it's called the read aloud. Listen to the read aloud. Microsoft has, I think these called, they're called cloud AI voices and they're pretty good. So we're getting close. We're getting close.
1: Well, certainly, certainly better. I mean, I would say yes. that in the past 10 years, uh, we've, we've made some leaps forward, but I don't know. This, this, this technology might be a little bit premature, um, but uh, we'll talk a little more about that
2: shortly. Hi, everyone. This is Steve from Canadian Assistive Technologies, and this is a Shameless plug. Tablet-based magnification solutions have really taken off over the past couple of years. Products like the Humanware Connect 12 have been extremely popular. Now we have a few different tablet-based systems to go along with the Connect 12. The Connect 12 is based on an Android tablet, which can be great for places using Google Classroom services, but sometimes you need a tablet with a bit more punch. The Mercury 12 from TriSight and the MagnaLink Tab from Low Vision International have similar functionality to the Kinect 12, but both are based on the Microsoft Surface tablet, a full-blown Windows computer. If you're looking at a tablet-based system, you can look at all three on our website at www.canastech.com. We have
4: two guests this week. We are so fortunate that both of them agreed to come on our show. I don't know why our show, but they did. <laughs> our first guest is an audio describer and the voice of the AT Banter intro from Valerie H Productions. We have Valerie Hunter. Hi, guys. Good day, Valerie.
0: Hi. Hi.
1: Your voice sounds so familiar. <laughs>
0: I'm possibly a bit too familiar at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've I've literally listened to it for like three two hundred and fifty six episodes.
0: I'm I'm sorry, but y'all set yourselves up for that, so I'm taking no responsibility for it. I just do what I'm told.
4: Excellent. <laughs> and our second guest is I think I think this is her first debut on the AT Banter podcast. Yeah. But the organization she works for is no stranger to us. From Descriptive Video Works, we have Melissa Hope. Hello. Thanks hey. for having
5: me. Hey.
3: Welcome
4: to the show. I do have to say though, when I when I approached you, Melissa, about coming on the show and what the topic was about, I loved your response. Ooh, hot topic.
5: Oh. <laughs> I, I follow all the like audio description related Facebook groups and things. Oh. And of course, there's nothing that'll get an email group <laughs> fired up faster than, you know, synthetic voices, yes or no.
3: Well, yeah. and, I'm,
4: and I'm glad we have both of you here because you can, you know, you both do audio description. You're both in that industry. And I'm sure between focus groups and your own opinions, this will be a great conversation.
1: Let's set this up. So what are we talking about?
4: We are talking about audio description, but not what everybody, I think considers to be audio description as we know it on media like Netflix and, you know, movies where most of the time it's been human narrated audio. What we're seeing more and more, or I'm hearing more and more are TV shows using synthesized text to speech voices instead of uh, human narrated audio. So if anybody's familiar with screen readers or magnification products with screen readers, or even Microsoft Edge has some um, features built into their read aloud, I think it's called, where text to speech voices will actually read an article to you. That's what some places are using or similar technology to audio description or for audio description versus humans. So I thought this would make an interesting discussion as to pros and cons, costs. Do we like it? Do we not? Where do we go from here?
1: Yeah, and I do know that you know I have started seeing a lot of a lot of ads, and it's probably because I've I've been doing a little bit of research, and we know how Google works. But um, I I've been seeing more and more ads for places that are offering these services where you can just literally type in uh, text, and it will generate uh, a synthetic voice that's not not too bad. Is this something that's a new presence in within, within audio description, or has it been around for a while?
5: Melissa, do you have any background on this, on when it started? I don't really know when it started. I know that it took off in this last year. Um, yes,
0: yes, I agree. Um, there's been, um, I think it's over the last, you know, two, three years, I guess, that place have been starting to sort of toy with it. But yeah, in the last, it's been in the last year um, that things really kicked in. And part of what I think inspired part of this discussion, we mentioned briefly uh, mailing lists per second, and this come, this and, and certainly this has come up. You can kind of tell actually when it started, it's when the discussion starts because it's a reaction to to the technology being introduced personally for me um, I sort of keep up on the audio description project um, uh, mailing list and it was like last month it blew up because somebody was like hey wait a minute America's Most Wanted has got (laughs) some kind of weird thing on it is that a thing and everybody just went nuts and um, and and so and once it got brought up, then people were going were, were, we're going, oh, wait a minute. Does that is that what that was and then more instances sort of built up. I think what really was the um, What really was the breaking point in terms of discussion is the fact that it was appearing in um, For one of a better term broadcast um, uh, broadcast narrative material um, So People are like, "Oh," And so, yeah, discussion really got going. So I think it's been while the concept of text-to-speech in terms of description has been sort of discussed theoretically kind of, but um, I think it's that the technology has gotten to the point where people feel that they can have some sort of a discussion about whether it actually gets remotely close, or at least the technology has gotten to a point where companies or proponents of this sort of thing have have more of a have more of a case, have more of an right. excuse than they used to. Um, we're not uh, there are fewer people who will immediately laugh in their face when they bring it up. Um, so yeah, so it's it is. A relatively recent hot topic, but it's mm-hmm. um, but that's because of the technology has sort of caught up, kind
3: of. Yeah.
4: And so, <laughs> Melissa, Melissa, have you guys at Descriptive Video Works asked or done focus groups on the synthesized text-to-speech?
3: We
5: did one many years ago, and back then this text-to-speech was a little more theoretical. Um, so we haven't done one recently. Uh, we do hope to. Because the technology has changed and even though at Descriptive Video Works we do believe in using human voices, we love human voices, okay. we love our huge roster of diverse voices, we know that the technology is changing and that other demands are being placed on us and on the industry. So. Yeah, trying to find out what people want beyond the arguments on email lists and, and Facebook groups uh, is really important to us. With a full knowledge of what the technology can and can't do now, right? I think our respective um, experiences
0: with um, with broadcast producers and with broadcasters, um, with that with that experience in the back of our heads, um, the concept of this makes sense. Um, in that uh, we've each worked with broadcasters for a very long time. And no matter what the technology has been, I mean, I go back to SVHS for heaven's sakes. um, It's always a matter of, in terms of the broadcasters, it's always a matter of how can we do this the fastest and how can we do this the cheapest? And it it has never, ever changed. And they'll come Mm -hmm. up with any excuse. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, the fact that this has come up and that there's the odd place that ha- is offering this as an option—it's—it's uh, it's not at all surprising. It just fits in the fact that this technology happened, and I, I'm guessing the broadcasters were like, "Well, that sounds a bit," mm. but the broadcasters were kind of, might have been waiting for something like this going, sure. and well, yeah. And, in terms of what they want to in in terms of what their priorities are
2: we had um, we had a, a fellow named roy samuelson on the mm-hmm. podcast love about, roy
5: I, yeah
0: and,
2: <laughs> but he yeah. talked about the whole idea about you know planning and and you know looking at the scenes and mm-hmm. you know coming up with strategies for how he was going to describe that scene all of that it, it seems would be out the window if you're just using synthetic speech
5: Um, What we have noticed listening to some synthetic uh, AD is that there doesn't seem to be a human mixer involved a lot of the time. So it a lot of the time, it really sounds like all the audio almost completely cuts out, there's the description, and then it comes back. And so the art of the mix is is lost. Yeah, which
0: is which is a thing that uh, is a bit longer term of a, of a, of a thing that people have had to deal with, because that was one of the first, actually um, that was one of the first shortcuts the company started doing was to um, was to, you know, set an automatic uh, cutoff of um, tracks going, slamming down Mm -hmm. at a certain point and then slamming back up again. And that hasn't changed. (laughs) In fact, first, in fact, one of my first, Um, reactions to this idea of synthetic voice happening was oh so they fixed that other stuff that they've moved on to this (laughs) Um, in terms of um, in terms of placement and in terms of space from what I understand um, I think at at least in terms of what I've heard that Amazon is doing um, I think it's sort of a variation you're right of course that it's it's the, it's the writer's domain. In the terms of Amazon, it seems like they have some sort of a software that is a bit like um, software that has been floating around for a decade or two of automatically setting – well, not automatically setting, but setting where exa- exactly gaps are and setting exactly how many seconds there are and what – what can actually fit in there in terms of words? And that's going by um, that's going by a certain um, um, algorithm of you know how long it takes to say a certain thing, which has always been always been an inexact science in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um so basically, from what I can tell, they kind of took that uh, in terms of setting the space and then go, okay, now, fill stuff in with that. And the writer would still do that, fill stuff in with that. But now the difference is to have an automatic voice thing that they would choose different kinds of voices and choose what, what would work, supposedly, for the piece. And then it would be automatically generated into that space. And um, that's, that's what I understand is the process, at least I know in terms of, What Amazon is doing, at least as much as they've, as much as they've uh, they've explained, Uh, and of course it's proprietary, like duh. But it's basically um, it's basically seems to be that kind of a process. Yeah. Uh, So
5: we've used a a synthetic voice tool for a client. Uh, We have a client who who uses this, and and we agreed to use their tool. And it does sound really similar. Um, We are able to change those placements. So it had suggested placements, but we could move them. Uh, So the writer still had a great deal of control. Um, The good or bad thing is that a synthetic voice always speaks the same speed. So the bad part of that, of course, is that you can't speed it up to fit in more description the way a human could. Uh, The good is, though, you do know exactly what will fit, because the synthetic voice will always be the same. And in, yeah, in terms of a royal a,
0: a royish sort of concept, um, that I believe as well um, that makes things yeah that makes things tricky, in terms of um, yeah altering your pacing not simply from a technical point of view and able to make things fit, but also in terms of matching up uh, with the pace of the action that's occurring that you're mm-hmm. describing. Um, for example, you know when you're in a fight scene. You're gonna you're gonna go faster than you would if once the fight scene is over and they're all recovering. Um, and in this case, you can't have that, uh, at least certainly not, at least certainly not now. And certainly, you won't have any sort of, um, you won't have any sort of reaction, uh, you're, there's no change in how the describer is reacting to what's going on, mm-hmm. which even for some human describers they <laughs> seem they seem rather unerringly consistent. Anyway, well, yes. um, but exactly. we won't name names, we won't name names. But <laughs> but they um, but yeah, that's another that's another problem with this sort of system. You just have the space. And you have the words, um, Mm -hmm. but you have nothing else.
4: Well, and that's just it. You know, synthetic speech will not give you emotion. It's not Mm -hmm. going to draw you into a scene like Jason crouches in the closet, knife at the ready. You're going to hear Jason sits in the closet, knife at the ready or whatever voice they're using. You're not going to have that emotion come across and draw you into the scene or to the action. Synthetic voices, I think, do have their place, Mm -hmm. but it's it's not going to be in in my regards as a blind person. It's not going to be in a, in a dramatic scene. It's not going to be an action movie. It's might be appropriate for ads on TV. It might be appropriate for some sitcoms. Um, you know, I'm sure we've all, you were just saying, Valerie, we've all heard bad human narration as
3: well. (laughs) Right.
4: So can, can synthetic voices bake up for that? You know, they also don't have the dialects available that mm-hmm. humans have. And there's a whole other population of people that are being left out.
0: Right, although in reading some background on this stuff, and I, I'm not even trying to be devil's advocate here, although I feel within myself I am being, um, <laughs> one of the points that has been forwarded by companies who do this has been that they can, in fact, find they, they can use voices with different accents. Uh, much like Siri um, has, uh, like, for example, my, my Siri is an Australian guy who, I, <laughs> who I've named Bruce. And um, so there are those inflections. And, uh, and of course, recently the, um, the accents have gotten more precise in, in terms of uh, culturally speaking. And so an excuse may be, that um maybe someone maybe for some reason because casting is hard uh you can't find uh, a human person uh with uh possibly an accent that uh doesn't match that matches up with the project you're working on that might be from another country or there might be different people or whatever just doesn't fit or something and maybe you have more options when you go through your little rolodex of 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 uh synthetic humans and can just bring something like that in that's that's one of the arguments
4: yeah um, I, I sent rob an article earlier today kind of talking about that point you know i think synthetic speech have 40 50 maybe 60 different languages available to them yeah but there's over 600 languages around the world so mm-hmm. You know, yep. and that's that's really not an excuse. And you know, mm. to your point, casting has got to be a nightmare. Um, trying to match voices, languages, dialects with with a scene, with a movie, with a with a script. Um, oh, I'm sure matching is, is a big one.
5: Casting is so much fun. <laughs> 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 it's, it, so, I, so I don't work in the audio description side so much as the project management side, and it's it's. it's huge part of what I do is is the casting and trying to find new voices alongside my colleagues. And like we we have a movie that's about to come out uh, that I'm allowed to talk about because it's not under a strict NDA. It's called Dawn, Her Dad and the Tractor. And it's a story, a family drama about a trans woman. And so they requested a trans woman for the narrator, which we actually already had a couple on staff, but nobody whose voice was quite right. And so I went out and sought a new trans woman narrator for this particular movie and got to meet the neatest people and hear the neatest demos. And that, that's, a, that's a voice I can't imagine a synthetic voice doing. Yeah. Like how can a synthetic right. voice be a trans woman? It's right. just, there's something there that a robot can't do to top it off, this is also a family drama. So that voice needs to be able to talk to uh, like a funny little scene where a kid does something silly has to have a little bit of smile to it. And then yeah. like yeah. a big family drama scene, because it's about a family and dramatic things right. happen. Yeah, has to have a little bit of sadness a little bit of grief in the voice. Yeah. A, a little bit yeah. of tension Right. and it would be easier for me to get a brand new narrator trained up to do that than it is to find a synthetic voice capable yeah. of doing that sure very, very good point yeah good point and i know from being
0: a um a voice person um i'm you know i'm pretty lazy about casting because i'm a <laughs> one person band here um so i can i can just call on my great acting ability um but still <laughs> so there are some things that i i you know i can't do and I will and I will defer to that and there may come a point where I will need to cast somebody but I can also remember in terms of um, the times when I've directed other people that was kind of how I I started in production and then worked my way up and I was running shotgun for the, the director uh, working with the voice talent and you know you learn a bit and then I kind of took over and fine points we would put on stuff and um and you know describe video works does that as well um to like have a very a very clear sense of the context um that you're in um we happen to and i continue to uh not read to viz um i do it independently just me and a script and that's basically what it used to be at Audio Vision Canada, uh, now what AMI is. And um, and so we didn't have that visual context. Every once in a while when we couldn't remember something, we would bring it back in, but we would write notes along the way and go, no, this, this, that, this was what this scene was, and this is what this scene was. And there are adjustments to make. And um, and yeah, that, that does not happen in... This, that can't happen in this sort of thing, mm-hmm. and you lose something there. I, I think. I think most people. I think we're all. Well, um, we're all kind of together on how. I don't want to say problematic. It's such a common word now, but problematic. This sort of thing is for a narrative piece, um, <laughs> for um, for dramatic, possibly comedy, anything anything fictional. Um, that this is this probably isn't gonna work for something like this. Um, what I the the ones I've I've heard of so far um, with synthetic have been things like um, things like reality-ish shows and not terribly dramatic either. Um, but pretty, you know, pretty cut and dried HDTV yeah. kind of thing. Um, I'm wondering if anyone has heard of anything, and, and again, the example that I used, the first one was um, America's Most Wanted. Uh, sure. Later on, uh, someone noted um, another show that was, you know, kind of reality-ish, straightforward, was another one that was was using it. Um, so I'm not sure how, if if there have been many that have come up that are narrative sorts of things. I know there must be for reasons I'll explain in a second, but first I'm curious as to if anyone's heard many stuff uh, in a narrative framework about yeah. that with a description like that.
5: Yeah, um, I, I, can't, I can't talk about it too much because it's under NDA, but the client we worked for with a synthetic voice did uh, a huge range of fictional content, okay. uh, horror movies, uh, sitcoms, uh, TV dramas, Okay, yike.
0: Anyway. Uh, so,
5: so uh, yeah, so our job in that case is to to do the writing as well as we can so the synthetic yeah. voice is Yikes. as good as it can be. Yeah. And we have a special QC process for that.
0: Yes, that's another that, uh, that's another very good point um, that I saw I read about in the Amazon process was that there's at least one QC post the process and that's yeah that has to be terribly important Absolutely. especially important this sort of thing you're kind of restricted what you can adjust and what you can do but you can at least um you you can at least try to minimize the real clinkers that come up
5: yeah and check the punctuation and yes uh, the spelling we had to misspell a lot of words exactly to make them sed- yeah right yep Interesting. And it was entertaining, actually, because some of the different synthetic voices pronounced the same word different ways.
4: Oh my gosh!
5: Oh so, yeah. It's okay. it's so a, it's a different so challenge. Casting synthetic voices is
0: a bit more difficult than possibly anyone had considered.
3: <laughs> well, no, wait, it really? How that need you too. to
0: pronounce just this word?
1: <laughs> oh
3: yeah,
0: not and, as easy as it seems.
1: And and that that brings up an interesting point too, because I I feel like this technology, I feel like it's not exactly quite ready for prime time, Mm. but there are these companies that are behind it. They're kind of trying to push it into prime time. They they want to make this happen. And so I think that as a result, I think the business case for this is still, you know, the jury's still out. Is it actually cheaper going with something like a synthetic voice because you have to go through all these extra hoops. You have to do a QC pass. You have to, you know, the writer has to, to write in a different way. Like at the end of the day, is it all that much cheaper for a company to go with a synthetic voice over just going with a voice actor? And I feel like we're not quite sure of that yet. Is, is that kind of right? So
5: what we've concluded having done both having done mostly human voice and then this this special project for a client uh, using synthetic is it is faster to do synthetic there's there's no getting around that but whether it's a huge money and time saver you'd really have to dig into it a bit but we figure right now that about 70 to 80 percent of the work involved in audio description is the writer and so that's only twenty to thirty percent they're saving, even if right. even setting aside extra QC things like that. So if that translates directly to money, I don't know, but at least it it tells you it's not a huge time savings. It's not weeks of time savings. It's a day or two. It's 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 twenty to thirty <laughs> percent.
0: Yeah, in terms of um, another. Um if you said <laughs> heard from Amazon is part of the context of them working on this thing is filling up their catalog um, yeah. that they decided they were going to, to work on just a ton of back catalog just hundreds and hundreds of and hundreds and hundreds of titles. And how the heck were they gonna do that? Um, mind the fact that some of them may have already been described in other places and you just (laughs) didn't feel like making the deal on that even though it's right there that's another show (laughs) but uh they're looking at how many hours they got to do and Mm -hmm. going ah and this is where you end up so i can see in i can see in terms of in terms of in terms of quantity Again, the usual balance between quantity and quality. And um, in terms of of quantity and having to get something done to say that they got it done, regardless what comes out the other end, um, that's another possibility. And and, uh, in the debate, the rather heated debates that have happened around synthetic voice um, on the various mailing lists and what have you, you know, there will be people that are like, well, if it means we get more stuff, fine. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If
0: we get if if we get a ton of things audio described that I normally wouldn't have, in other words, it's yet another chapter of it's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, but we've progressed to the point where the technology has improved and there's enough demand that companies find that it's well demand in various forms that the companies have found that it's it's necessary it behooves them to work on catalog or to audio describe some things in quantity that this has come up but it comes down to basically the same thing which Good. is you know well would we are we going to get this otherwise
3: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and so the the audience
5: has that decision to make and they've definitely been debating it <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah that's the thing it's definitely a, a point of contention on whether mm-hmm. the quantity is worth it or not but it is i mean it is sure a huge amount of quantity to he, to hear what amazon's talking about mm-hmm. so you know in terms of just getting a lot of audio description it does accomplish that
0: and yeah so while you're while you're saying that um the savings you have in time and they always emphasize time as much as money to make them sound good um the the savings in time um while it may seem small in terms of a small part of the workflow you quantify that you you know you you multiply that by thousands Mm -hmm. of hours starting to make a little more sense
5: yeah 20 to 30 percent is a lot of hours
0: (laughs) over thousands (laughs) there you go exactly but so you know that's another issue that's that's come up and it's it's yet another nice issue to have um but it's still an issue yeah and whether it will be a slippery slope and you know what you know and again it's back to they'll take any excuse to make things more anything faster and faster and cheaper anything anything um so um so yeah, it's definitely the, the Pandora's box has been opened on this.
5: Yeah, there's, there's probably no going back and closing that. I <laughs> completely agree, Pandora's box is open. So I think there's a couple of things, you know, there's trying to direct people to using it where it matters less, yes. so right, using yeah. it on documentaries and you right. know things exactly. where the descriptions are minimal. There's some shows where I know we've done shows where there's like three lines of description. Yes, you know, it Me won't too. matter if those are a robot.
3: Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure.
5: I love I love when those come in, but yeah. I mean, oh yeah, I, it's not. I feel kind of guilty. <laughs> Makes up for the ones where there's 700 events oh, in two yeah, kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah, it always evens itself out. Yeah, absolutely.
5: <laughs> So you know, direct clients to using it appropriately. Um, definitely, there's been some discussion on the groups that there's concerns that the quality of the writing isn't as good when a synthetic voice is being used. Mm. And I know that's one of the reasons we agreed to do the synthetic voice for this client is because we pride ourselves on really good writing, and we're like, well, the control. we we can at least control that. We can give good writing even if it's with a synthetic voice. Um, and like I said, maybe experimenting with whether a bit of human mixing, uh, a bit more human touch in the post-production part would make a difference. We would love to be able to test our theory that that would help a little bit. But we haven't found anybody willing to test it with us yet.
4: <laughs> Melissa, can I ask what text-to-speech engine you guys are using?
5: I can't say it's the clients. Okay. okay. Yeah, Yeah. we don't have our own. Um, okay. We're not really looking to do that yet okay. uh, we really love our human voices sure. for our own stuff
1: his <laughs> name is roy samuelson <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i wish i've never gotten to actually work with roy I've, I've talked to him many times but
0: no i haven't worked with him directly either but heard him plenty <laughs> yeah
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty
0: pretty great
2: when it comes to video description uh, if, if people provide feedback saying, hey, we really hate this narration, are they going to care? Are they going to consider that uh, job done? We've, we've done the audio description. That's what we had to do, period. Forget about it. and We're not listening to anybody.
5: That's a great question. Yeah,
0: I would say um, uh, depends on how much there is um, and uh, which companies actually care and which are just happy to fulfill the mandate and not really care. But, and, but the thing is, it seems to be, there's a mix of, of those sorts of priorities. So yeah, the best thing I can, the best thing I can say is that, especially in terms of, you know, the new people who have started on this, um, and, and, and also like the Netflix, the, the Netflix people who have gotten, who have, have gotten sort of spoiled, uh, with human stuff. And then if they start switching over, um, there may be some sort of, it it may be more apparent of a jarring change as opposed to people who maybe are coming into this fresh. Um, but I, I'd like to think, and I know it's so annoying to always have to say, you know, speak out and say and advocate for yourself and blah 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 because you've got to be so tired of that by now <laughs> but um but yeah do that <laughs> uh especially in terms of you know you know if something uh something sucks on uh, amazon prime you know good get, get in get in the comments and go nuts and uh, you know for and as much as as we've been saying the sort of a uh, kind of Started this tale started with um, with discussion online uh, and mailing lists and whatnot. Um, there are some definite opinions and they're very uh, and the the discussion has been very robust. Take that, dis- put that discussion in front of the vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, put that discussion on their websites. Don't mm-hmm. don't be fighting it out here in the mailing list to the specific you know the our 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 niche such as it is go go out on main street uh and and get in the comments about it and it's no she can do really because especially in terms of companies that like to fancy themselves as being um ahead of the curve on this sort of thing and being um and uh, being uh, upright and noble about this sort of thing. Those that have in fact decided that this is worth it to them. I, I mean, description in general, not the, not the voice thing. But um, if they've decided that you know this, there's enough of an audience for it, then you have to continue making it clear um, that there is an audience for it and what specifically quality-wise there is an audience for there's more of a chance than say there was, I don't know, five, seven years ago that an audience will be listened to than, than it was. So.
4: A lot of times we, too, when you're watching a TV show, you know, it'll, it'll say who did the description, whether it's descriptive video works or. John not of enough, but yes, it does. Or, yeah, exactly. So a lot of times you can get some information, like you say, and then go to their website and leave a comment. Mm-hmm. Um, bring your friends, tell your friends, right? You know, <laughs> Because humans don't get it right either all the time, so.
0: But also, um, yeah, it's it's worth um, giving feedback to description companies. But also, as is the case here with um, with Melissa's company, um, this was uh, this project was something that was um, set up for them by the client. Um, this was this was the client's. Um, uh, requirement that mm-hmm. this be done and they did the best with what they could with what they've been given. So they didn't really have the choice. <laughs> they just did the best they could. The client's got all the choice. So it's the client, the producer, the, um, the broadcaster, um, the one who puts the orders down to us Porsche to make the content. Um, they're the ones who've got to hear um, we right. can pass things on. Absolutely. But <laughs> if you can get direct to those companies that that can, I feel that has a bit uh, that could have a bit more influence on who and what they end up using.
4: I'm Melissa, the, Melissa, there's a Rolls-Royce in your future if you tell me who it was. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I don't
3: drive. Sorry. <laughs> yeah,
4: I tried. And Steve's
1: <laughs> Ryan's boss, so you <laughs> have to be involved in that Rolls-Royce somehow, too. Oh. Like, Wait,
2: when do I get a Rolls?
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, right. there are also, you know, there are description companies um, who who do this and offer it as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. They advertise it as a service. Um, and so they. I don't think they would be doing that unless they had been hearing, they, they'd been getting demand.
3: For sure. Or, yeah. or
0: if, if not the demand specifically for this sort of thing, the demand that we constantly hear over the course of our careers uh, from clients going faster, cheaper, faster, cheaper, faster, cheaper. Um, so completely understandable, but I don't, don't want to make the clients as being necessarily entirely bad guys or anything. This is, this is coming from demand from, from different levels and it's worth considering where they come from.
5: It's the tricky part sometimes of being in our position is that the end user is not our client. Uh, right. We yeah. have them in mind, they're first in our hearts, they're first in our minds when yep. we're doing this work, but ultimately it's the person, it's the company between them and us that's that's paying for it and yeah. that's making these choices. And so ultimately, if the consumer complains to the person that they are a client of, it's probably going to be more effective than complaining to us who are
3: right. a
5: service provider for yeah. that same company. Um, we love feedback. We we get great feedback um, yes. every once in a while uh, on our emails and things. But in terms of in terms of changing the industry, it's probably better to go to the companies that are paying the bills. Exactly. Right. Yep. So you can so
0: you can listen to whether a credit comes up for a company uh, one of one of us, which is awesome. But. You know who produces the whole thing, and right. so they're they're the ones really you could contact in terms of in terms of how things should be done.
3: Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's such a, a I, uh, my mind is reeling because it, <laughs> it, it, it's such a big topic because mm-hmm. there's so many aspects of this mm-hmm. and there's so many pros and cons on on either side. I mean, I certainly see a space for something like this, like like you mentioned, like for throwaway shows or shows that something like a synthetic voice would, would be fine for, like reality shows or, you know, whatever, um, because, you know, I don't think anybody's ever arguing that a synthetic voice is ever going to be as good as that human element. You know especially in a narrative yeah. especially in a narrative or, well maybe there I've are heard people be. trying to argue well, that it's okay. gonna be yes That it it's yes. maybe it was, not there there's... yet but
0: it will be the thing <laughs> that kills me the thing that kills me is the odd i, I don't know why i'm not naming names but um <laughs> the but the odd company or two i i, I shouldn't sp- specify because this is a cliche um,
1: There's a world's voice in it for you. If you we're, doing, <laughs> we're doing this. You can, okay, Apparently you can we're just,
0: giving you can up can world's race. Just, you, can just, you can just go through links that you've already provided to us earlier um, <laughs> that say uh, we're, doing, we're doing this as efficient. We can do this as efficiently as possible without sacrificing quality. Mm, yeah. And we're like, yeah.
4: Those of us using screen reading technology with text to speech we all have huh. our choice of voices. So yeah. whatever choice that client decides to go with, maybe the shittiest voice on the face of the earth, that we just <laughs> yeah. don't like, right. You're not going to please all of us all the time by choosing one particular voice. So how do they walk that, walk that balance?
5: Well, you're not going to like every human voice either, though, right? Well, yeah. that's true. So, I've
4: actually heard some people say that that human voice sounded synthetic, so <laughs>
0: or just
5: yeah. you know, it doesn't isn't pleasing to your ear yeah, for whatever true. reason. Yeah, so, there's definitely
0: feedback that it's like I don't like that person's voice or yeah, whatever, that's and that's you know, fair.
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: just like Why the audiobook,
3: hurt? tossing
5: yeah. the whole audiobook yeah. aside exactly. because you don't like the narrator. Sure. You know, exactly. some yeah. series won't work. Right. So as long as they give us variety to work with. Mm-hmm and yeah. and don't stick us all with one synthetic voice and that's one thing the tool that we were using had i can't remember how many voices but a number of different sure. voices to choose from
2: cuz you can you can go to like uh, i believe it's acapella offers uh, mm-hmm. the option of recording Uh, snippets of human speech Yeah. Hmm. and and it'll crunch that into Mm -hmm. a a synthetic uh, voice uh, using voice samples from from a real person's speech.
0: I can see that having potential uh, in terms of synthetic speech in the years to come. um, I think that there may be more of a hybrid starting to happen. I, I want to I, I bring up um, another uh, possibility for this sort of thing. I, I work for the DCMP uh, describe caption uh, media program and so I'm doing educational stuff all the time. And part of what we uh, part of what we do um, is not just trying to put out as much content as possible um, for, uh, for educators and parents. Um, and both. but also to, to try to help um, try to help people in these situations um, to have more accessible stuff regardless whether they use us. That's part of what the description key is for. We have We have kind of a section of a site that kind of helps walk people through the process of description from the standpoint of say, a teacher who has uh, a student with an IEP, come in and they have to work with some stuff and how do they how do they negotiate you know the content they already have in their curriculum and make it work for this one student or a couple students and maybe another one will come in a couple years later or something like that in sort of in a mixed environment. And I can see a potential for that in this. Um, the idea of making the process as simple as humanly possible, um when you take take it away from the companies and the big money and stuff it has real potential in terms of making audio description more accessible and in, the, in these terms i mean accessible meaning more people can do it mm-hmm. it's sort of a continuation possibly of what say josh Mealy and you describe does the 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 concept of anyone can do this i mean obviously the quality varies, but the idea of people in spec- very, very specific situations, um, being able to make things more accessible for a student, for a child, for mm-hmm. whatever that comes upon. I see real, I, I see some, I, I see some good potential in that. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I may not be all that thrilled with, uh, One of the richest companies in the universe trying to cut costs on on description, but I'm more than happy to to have a parent who's trying to, who's trying to educate their kid to to have all the tools possible. And that's where I hope that's where I hope this technology really, really gets going.
5: Great point. Yeah, that's exciting. I
0: have some oh, hope for that. look at
4: that! Ending on a happy note. <laughs> <laughs> Damn asking? you! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everything still sucks. So,
2: right. I don't think. Yeah, we've we've solved nothing. I think I, I'm, wait, am I putting aside this uh, storm the best speech? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you can have it because the, there's still uh you know we, we still got the 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 big guys to deal with so.
1: Go,
2: go storm. <laughs> I, I got to go find my best deal first.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Closing thoughts. Anybody have any any uh, anything else to add? God, Ro- we've talked about so much. Our
4: robot overlords will soon be overtaking us.
1: <laughs> Possibly. Wow. Okay. Well, like I said, we've solved nothing. but <laughs> yeah. We we it was it was lovely connecting with you guys. I this is fascinating. Um, we're going to have you both on every podcast because I feel like we can just sort of sit back and let you guys go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I love it.
5: Yeah. Next up the let us loose on on the question of why audio description doesn't follow the show as it's purchased by other. Is, okay. See, okay, I okay. knew that would get her. Hey, Alyssa,
4: <laughs> write that down and email that to me. And I'll get you guys back on later on this year. <laughs> okay because no, yeah, i'll forget <laughs>
1: honestly, honestly yeah we'd love to have you guys back on absolutely it's it's a fascinating topic and uh and we you guys love can talk maybe.
4: about it way better than we can
1: that's right
3: we
0: can rant about it at least in that case yeah we can <laughs> well, you know we, we can are. we can do inside baseball ranting but you Perfect. Know, what matters yeah, is what you guys get in the end yeah honestly. no it's
4: all content we love it
1: yeah, Go listen. Our, our last rant was about Pepe Le Pew being not in the, not in the latest Space Jam movie. So, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, please come back. <laughs> we need help. <laughs> Rob needs intervention. Hashtag rehabilitate Pepe. Le Pew. <laughs> I still think you should start that hashtag going oh my (laughs) okay well thank you thank
0: you for asking us and 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 and, and begging for us to come back later
4: oh i'm gonna Um, beg you bet
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it was an absolute pleasure thanks guys for taking some time out um yeah it's i feel i feel more um like i have a grasp on on both sides of this now and uh, hopefully our listeners do too and uh yeah let's do this again real soon
5: Wonderful. Thank you so Thank much. You. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Melissa.
1: You. Thanks, Valerie. Good Appreciate your Thank time. You.
5: Thanks.
1: Yeah, man. it I tell you, it pays off getting experts uh, on the show. Yeah, it's a, fascinating, well. it's a fascinating topic because I really do see both sides of it. I see that this is a really, it's a nuanced subject because I can see, yeah, I can see the pros and the cons. Sorry, uh, I totally
2: get the argument about, uh, you know, people wanting access to more content. Um, sure. Know, that, that makes perfect yep. sense to me but but i i mean at this point it's almost like the the text to speech should be a stopgap measure you know it's just something okay here's here's your access to the content and then we'll go back and we'll make it good
1: sure yeah and i think that that's the fear right like it's it's with anything corporate as soon as you give them like hey here's a way to save like even 20% uh, they're going to run with that, They'll they'll take something that should be maybe a tool. And like you said, maybe a stopgap measure, or used in certain situations where it's not going to affect the quality of of whatever they're they're describing, they're just going to, they're just going to run with it and just throw everything at it because it's cheaper.
4: I sense a theme here because we have an upcoming show relatively soon that is going to touch on some of these same topics.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I had the same thought, you know, yeah. this, this is not something that's happening exclusively with audio descriptions nope. it's happening in other areas of accessibility as well, where it's yeah. just like, oh, maybe this is a, a cheap and easy way to make you know, something accessible, to make something accessible. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's a part of me that's kind of that's, that's kind of offensive, like, you know, oh, okay, so now you're gonna like, you know, you're going to spend $80,000 getting just the right sound effect for your for your movie gun, but then you're going to skimp and not want to actually pay for quality audio description for this niche market of people like, you know what I mean? It's like where where they're deciding to cut corners or to try to, you know, try to have a quick and easy fix. It kind of pisses you off. Yep. Agreed. But I mean, you know, and part of me too, like tell me if I'm just a conspiracy theory nut, but I do find that it's really interesting that this technology and there's a bunch of these companies coming out of the woodwork now with this text to voice speech when there, there's been all these mandates about audio description and, <laughs> and, and a certain number of hours of audio description. Like where were these guys when we were trying to make jaws sound better or to make other text to speech, um, software packages for people with disabilities sound better. So it doesn't drive people crazy listening to it all day. Like, where was the technology then?
4: Well, it's interesting, like Valerie said, with regards to Amazon wanting to make some of their back catalog or 1000s of items in their back catalog, audio described, you know, text to speech, like she says might be a stopgap measure but recently we did an article i think on hbo max where they're going to be releasing a whole bunch more titles in the next year couple of years with audio description yep. they didn't say what type of audio description so again is that going to be all text to speech or are they going to buy descriptive tracks that were narrated by people that are already out there and license those or you know what i mean like it's, well yeah and, what it's it's come down, right? yeah and what it's going to
1: come down to yeah and what it's going to come down to is is really it's probably just the business case for either but it's a it's a complicated topic Uh, we could talk for literally three hours about this well i'm
4: going to bring reed hastings on from netflix
1: who's reed hastings isn't he the ceo is he okay sure yeah i'm going
4: to reach out to reed (laughs) do it see if i can get him on the show
1: you got rick hansen man you're, you're a hard, you're a heavy hitter. You got 236 episodes of content <laughs> behind your belt. Just throw that at him. Uh-huh. Anything else to say about that, fellas? No.
2: Oh, not a whole heck of a lot, no.
1: Well, in that case, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can, well,
4: you know what? They can still find us at atbanter.com and .ca because my domain just got renewed. So, woo! Oh, yeah. All right,
3: right. <laughs> We're good year. for another
4: year. <laughs> they can also find us online at atbanter.com.
1: <laughs> I already said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think all that extra hey you know what it's time for that okay wait it's time for the bit our our weekly bit well, all right. how's the exercising going
4: it's going every morning 5 30 or 6 in the morning for half an yeah. hour i get on the bike and pedal my ass that's still good hey Steve, good for you, you, Steve,
3: Steve, you. Still running?
2: Uh, i did uh 6.3 kilometers on sunday i did five yesterday and uh i think i'm probably not doing it tomorrow i'm probably doing it friday i'll do another five friday nice uh, so I'll get uh, 16 kilometers in this week.
4: Man. Yeah, I'm using about- the Fitness Plus app on my iPhone and my Apple Watch. So I've got trainers there that drive you, push you. And of course it's honor-based, right? But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating after that 30 minutes and it typically takes Saturday and Sunday off just to kind of let my legs recover.
1: See, I work with you guys for like, I don't know, whatever, what crazy amount of years that I've worked with you guys. And now all of a sudden I leave and now you're like, the you know all those japanese workers you see at the auto plants doing calisthenics (laughs) in the morning and stuff like you guys probably have like matching jumpsuits that you guys wear no not not yet yet.
2: that's that's when we get the tandem bike that's right (laughs) oh my god please do
1: that i want to see that then
2: then we gotta get then we gotta get stretchy pants
1: yep (laughs) anyways we digress uh where were we um We were at, oh, well, where else can people find us other than email and uh, the website? We didn't give email yet. Well, then let me just tell you about our email address. Uh, It's cowbell at atbanter.com if you would like to email us about anything.
2: And I don't know if you're aware of this, but you can also get us on all kinds of social uh, distancing platforms. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> social <not right. laughs> distancing
4: platforms.
2: Let, that's let's awesome. get back to that. <laughs> so we've got Facebook to keep away from people. We've got Twitter to keep away from people, and we've got Instagram to keep away from people. So you can you can catch us there and not ever have to come anywhere near us. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's 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 a. That's a very attractive prospect for so many people, I think. <laughs> Man, Brian's giggly today. What happened? Getting up exercise? at five thirty
4: in the morning. Yeah, You're tired. Like all those endorphins are paying off. Got to eat.
1: <laughs> all right, that is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks to everybody for listening in. Uh, huge thank you to both Melissa and Valerie for joining us for that rousing discussion.